Welcome to the 510.com. Man, yeah, is this gonna suck the whole time, or is this like the only part that sucks? I just want to gauge how much suck I have to freaking sit through. I don't know. I mean, does anyone really pay attention to radio anymore? This is getting stupid. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? That may be the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Your balls have been tempered in the fury of hell's dragon. and gentlemen, your host, JC. Welcome everyone to the 510 Podcast. I'm your host, JC. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Every week we get a chance to talk to incredible people in and around the music industry to chat about their journey as well as where they think the music industry is headed. This week is episode four, and we're super excited to welcome writer, record label owner, producer, and founding bass player of the UK punk band Gang of Four, Mr. Dave Allen. Welcome to the 510 Podcast, Dave. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Super excited. You know, I'm going to tell a quick little story of how we met because yeah. uh, it led into some business stuff I ended up doing. You were at, you moderated a panel at a conference in Portland called TechFest Northwest. Mm-hmm. And the subject, yeah. which is really relevant to what we're talking about today, was the future of the, of the music industry. But what right. it ended up being was how the tech industry really left musicians behind really like they were promising you guys are going to get rich you guys are going to make a lot of money but really like you know royalties from apple and spotify and all these other streaming uh, pandora in particular are are really small um so in the middle of that discussion that panel i actually left and walked outside it was at omsi here in portland and yeah. i went outside and i called a friend of mine who was also a musician but also a really interesting guy who did a lot of business stuff. So I called him, I was like, there's an opportunity here. So that mm-hmm. was the start of Plunk. You know, we oh, did yeah. Plunk, uh, we built stuff for Disney and Pepsi and Pabst Blue Ribbon. We did a bunch of stuff. But your talk was the start of that business. And then you and I, you know, we connected a number of times and, uh, you know, yeah. still still chat with you a bunch of times. But that's how we met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So right. <laughs> for the, for those that don't know who you are, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about Gang of Four, right? We just had um, you know, Andy passed away recently, but talk about how you you guys formed Gang of Four. Um, well, we were all at Leeds University. Um, and you know, punk rock was the the big deal, and we didn't want to be a punk band. Um, but we, yeah, we all got together. Uh, we were able to rehearse in the, uh, you know, um, the theater there that, that they had at Leeds University. Um, and, you know, for some reason, um, everything went really, really well. Um, you know, we were like the critics, the music critics really liked entertainment, our uh, debut album which is still to this day, I think, one of, the, one of the best things we've ever done. Um, but Solid Gold was the next album as well. That's a really good one, too. And that reached so, uh, the U.S. We, charts. Sorry? And that that put you guys on the U.S. charts. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Uh, but the thing was, you know, we didn't, you know, it's like everyone was, was wearing, you know, mohawks and... and the you know, chains between their legs and things like that. So we're, we're not doing that. 
Yeah. We're just not doing that. And so in a weird way, we, um, the music critics called it post-punk. Post-punk. Post-punk, which is what we, we <laughs> okay. use all the time right now. Yeah. And that included as well um, Wire. Do you, do you know Wire? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and many others, actually. Um, like This Heat was a really great band uh, doing uh, post-punk. Um, so, yeah, and um, our biggest um, um, audience was in the United States, uh, you know. So when we first came over, there, there was no, you're not going to get on FM radio, but there was all the college radio that, um, you know, boosted us. And, um, yeah, we had a really great time. And you um, guys, did you guys tour on both Entertainment and Solid Gold in the States or just when Solid Gold charted in the U.S., that's when you guys started to tour in the States? Uh, no, um, we so what happened was uh, we signed to EMI Records in England, okay. right? Yep. So they had the rights to the what we call the rest of the world. And then we signed to Warner Brothers in the U.S. They picked us up because they really liked entertainment too. Um, yeah, and we just toured and toured and we could play music from both of those albums, you know, all the songs. Um, it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it went well for a long time. Um, and actually, you know, just recently we left Warner Brothers uh, and, and got back our copyrights and we sold them to uh, Matador Records. Oh, okay. Uh, in, the, in the US and they have offices in the UK. So things are going really well with them. Um, uh, and we're really liking working with them. And we got a really great manager, uh, Richard Jones, who manages the Pixies and lots of other bands. He came on board. Um, yeah. So and then, you know, there's so much I could tell you about this, but it would take like two days, I think. <laughs> uh, um, the, <laughs> but, but you left, so you left Gang of Four in 81, but you reunited with them uh, in 2005. When you left, yeah. you went to, uh, to your band uh, Shriek, I'm shriek back shriek yeah. back that's right yeah um what was that what was that was it because i mean you guys were just sort of getting popular what was it like for you to leave a band and then go start a new project in the middle of this sort of crescendo for gang well, of four it's a little bit awkward um you know basically andrew and john um wanted a hit single and i was not really into that so that, that's not what we do guys we yeah. we don't write melodies and, and things you know it's like we got to stick to what we're doing we can change things like solid gold was different than entertainment you know everybody wanted entertainment too but it's like no no that, that's entertainment one and solid gold is a bit different um yeah and then um i just felt I was looking into things like, uh, I think I'd run into David Byrne and Brian Eno uh, in uh, 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 in New York. Because uh, uh, I was, well, going forward, I'd been in, in the um, hotel and I just saw them in the lobby having a chat. And um, Barry Andrews from XTC was there too. Oh, and, that's, a, that's a super group right there. 
yeah um <laughs> but uh yeah uh, they would uh, you know david byrne and Eno were doing that um sort of african what was that album they made um, i can't remember the name of it now yeah i don't recall it either but i, I know what you're talking about yeah it wasn't talking heads it was uh it was a, a solo album well, it was just Brian Eno and David Byrne. Right. Right, not talking heads. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my God, I can't even remember the name of it now. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to look it up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyway, so David Byrne and Brian Eno, what was your connection to him? What were you hoping that, that, that would happen? What would come of that? Uh, nothing. It wasn't meant to come of it at all. It was just. It just happened to be a coincidental sort of. Hey guys, you know, and uh, they knew Gang of Four, so we chatted. Um. Yeah, uh, nothing really came of that between you know David Byrne and Eno and Shriekback. Mm-hmm. It was you know because we were telling him like, like, you know, Shriekback is a new band with Barry. Um. Yeah. It wasn't speaking and in, in tongues, weird was way, it? Sorry, was it speaking in tongues or? Yeah, it was speaking in tongues. No, that's a that's that's the uh, talking heads. Oh, album. you're right. No, because that, that game yeah. is. It's something about. Um... Oh, here it is. My life in uh, the bush of ghosts. There you are. That's, that's it. Yeah, got yeah. it. And 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 it was like I really really liked that album a lot. Yeah. And uh, and and so in this in a weird way. Shriekback sort of went into that. Oh, interesting. You know, okay. A little bit like that. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting as well because um, Shriekback, again, um, in the United States, we were really, really popular. And mm. uh, we were playing big venues and uh, making uh, a lot of money, which was great. I was able to buy an apartment in London. Wow. And, um, yeah, so I felt I was okay doing that. Nice. And then, yeah, then 2005 came around. Um, uh, that was um, that, that, that came about because of, um, Sofia Coppola um, wanted um, one of our tracks. Um, oh, for a movie she was doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. And Warner Brothers wouldn't work with her on that. Really? Yeah. And what was so, the objection? Yeah, Did, but, they just but, didn't want to have that track in there? Oh, it was just a mess. It was it was just like, you know, it, it had to be um um other you know, if you wanted this song from Gang for you have to you have to have all the other um, wow. you know, like a new order. You have to, to get a new order track and, and all this and this and this. And she was just saying, like, look, I I can't pay for all those and I don't want them. I only want um, you know, yeah that one there's one song. And then so I called Warner Brothers and said, what's going on? And they wouldn't work with me either. And um, so I ended up talking to Sofia Coppola's um, um, music director, as it were, sort of thing. And I said, hey, you know, we've re-recorded that song. You know, in fact, the entire album, it's this one. Nice. Yeah. Can you see that? No, I can't see it, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's not working. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it's called "Return the Gift." Okay, and it was it was us because we were, you know, uh, with EMI. Yeah, um, we we could do this because uh, we'd been with them long enough where you can actually now 
go back in the studio and make make it. And so I I told him, you know, this music director uh, of Sophia's, and um, I said, we can give you that, you know, this is how you're going to win. It's like, you know, we, uh, let's see which song that you wanted. Uh, yeah. Natural's not in it. That's what she wanted. Yeah. For the, that was for the um, Marie Antoinette mm. movie. Mm. And, and I just said, you just call them and you tell them, you call Warners now, you know, that, oh, don't worry. I said, just sit and just don't worry. I've just been talking with Dave Allen and they have the track that belongs to them now. Yeah. They're on copyright. So we don't need to deal with you anymore. And then, of course, Warner's backs down, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that was great. I mean, that was really great for us because, when you know, when you get into the mov- movies, you know, like licensing, um, it 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 makes a lot of money because it's 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 like the production company has to license it and um whoever picks up the production of the movie they have to license it right if they want to put it uh, into you know theaters like to show advertising as it were so yeah the money came rolling in it was it was a good time for us that's awesome just one song yeah just um, one song and you and then I don't know what around what year, but you started World Domination Recordings, which was your own label. Like, what 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 prompted you to start your own label? It was it, it was because I was being managed by um, Gold Mountain. Okay. In LA, I, I don't know if you know those guys, and so they had Sonic Youth, Nirvana, oh, Beck, wow. Beastie Boys, like you know, yeah, and. Um, Capital Records was um, wanting to get into the indie world, so Ron Stone, uh, who was the manage one of the managers, said, "All right, let, let's work with Capital, get some money in. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll start a label." Hmm. So we did. So it was and, a spinoff of, of Capital then. Um, well, they were just funding it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, um, and that went well for a while. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, interestingly, um, the internet turned up. You, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, because we were like, when we put the the um, we put the uh, label together. You know, if you wanted like a, a small thing in Rolling Stone, you know, it was like five thousand dollars. You know, yeah. And after a while, I realized, listen, we need to build an email database, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and then we can send it out to all the fans and uh, and that's free. Nice. So yeah, um, that, that happened. What did you learn about that process about running and starting a label that maybe you didn't expect? Um, <clears throat> didn't expect. Um, well, you know, it actually. Uh, it got a bit rough at some point, points with the uh, distribution folks. Mm-hmm. You know, they they would say, "Oh, we can sell ten thousand of these." So that you know, we had to manufacture ten thousand CDs, and then of course uh, they couldn't sell them, and then they didn't give us any money. Hmm. Uh, you know, because oh, they didn't that, you know didn't sell that many. Right. And um, so that was something that that was like, well, wait. So we have to get around that somehow. 
And then eventually, all along the way, you know, along comes uh, Napster. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I, I was with my wife and, and kids. Uh, we lived up in uh, Laurel Canyon in uh, John and Mitchell's house. Yeah. We, rent, we rented it. And um, we would go with all the, the families up there, was, you know, musicians, filmmakers, actors, and take turns in making pasta dinners for everybody. And then one night when we'd gone up to our friends, who, by the way, were just here at my my place, um, our house, I should say, um, we, you know, um, I was like, where are the kids? Because they used to just be running around all the time, screaming and pulling on you and all this. I said, where are right. the kids? And then all the families are like, yeah, where are they? And then so I went into the house because we were outside. The weather was really nice. And I went into the house and I could hear uh, a lot of talking going on in a room, you know. So I went into the room and uh, the elderly, elder kids, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what age they were at that point. They were, they were on the on the computer and 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 one of the one of them was a female and and she was typing away and then uh, you know I, I said well what are you doing you know and I see that she's on Napster and then she was writing a message like you you don't have broadband you don't have broadband this is taking ages wow. to download and then and I and then immediately I realized what was happening and and so um, I was the uh, this is when I was at, um, um, God, man, I keep uh, forgetting things these days. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in the house all the time now. Well, you were you were at eMusic at the time, e-music, right? That's yeah. The one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So e- eMusic, I was the, the guy running the licensing uh, right. with the labels. And then there was another guy in New York who did the New York side. And I, I immediately left that room with the kids because there's nothing I could do. Right? Right. They're going to download it anyway. And then <clears throat> first thing I did was call him. So we got to go to Silicon Valley, you know, where e, where eMusic was based, and we got to talk to the executives because yeah. this is going to be a mess. And then he said, "Funny you should say that because I was he said I was going to call you about it too." Oh no, he had just found out about it as well. Yeah. Oh man. And then uh, it was one of those things where, you know, you're trying to deal with the execs, mm-hmm. and they don't want to listen. They're just saying, "Oh, the the RIAA, they're gonna they're gonna sue them out of out of business and all this." And I said, "Well, uh huh. Now let's talk. We are charging people for downloading our licenses, right? And Napster's pretty much free. Yeah. So it all went to hell, and then eMusic crashed and." But then that's what brought me up to Portland. Uh, I ended up working for Intel. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like your background from music to going into tech is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that first gig at Intel was your foot into? You, you've been at uh, you've been at North. You've been at uh, Beats. Like, yeah. what, how did you get into Beats? Because you you got in right before the acquisition. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that um, a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, actually, uh, Intel um, was, was uh, I was a music guy, they called me, you know, and, and um, that was fine. But Ian Rogers, um, who became, the, I think he was CEO of Beats. 
Yeah, he was at Mog, or well, it was Daisy, then it was Mog, then it was Beats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But Ian, when at Intel, uh, Ian, when I was at Intel, Ian was working on with Yahoo Music. Oh. Right. And I was trying to license uh, some of the music from, from them. Yeah. And Ian, Ian Rogers, by the way, had built websites for the Beastie Boys and things like that. So we were friends. And then, okay, this is how I got into beats. I, I, there's a lot, lot more I could tell you about. Sure. But again, we're dragging it out. But um, yeah, so I was asked to do uh, a speech at a conference in Santa Monica. Okay. And yeah, me and my wife went down and got a nice hotel on the sea, you know, the ocean front there, and um, and then um, I was. Um, you know, I finished my speech and then my phone rang and it was Ian, Ian Rogers. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he says, Hey, me and Trent were up, you know, Trent's playing in the motor center tonight. And then we want to take you to dinner afterwards. We've got something to talk to you about. And I say, this say, is well, Trent Reznor, right? Not, yeah, yeah. Trent Reznor. Yeah. And, and now uh, I said, well, I'm in your neck of the woods right now. That's funny. I know. And then he came down, he flew down the next day and said, we're going to have breakfast. And anyway, so I got, you know, I got the job. It was an interesting one. I mean, uh, for me, and I actually ran it by my wife because, you know, Beats was still a startup. Right. And um, Jimmy Iovine was beating the bushes and getting money out of people and things like that. But it worked out. And um, I'll say Three billion dollars worked out really well. <laughs> it worked, yeah, it's worked really well. I mean, like you know, and then you know, we got bought by Apple. Yeah, just like that. After yeah. about only six months of me being at Beach, but then, you know, Apple, Apple pays. Yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah, and then, you know, they they would, uh, you get stock for things like bonuses instead of cash. You just mm -hmm. get stock that they put into. A, an account for you and they pay the taxes on it or oh, they sell wow. some of it to yeah. pay the taxes so yeah that, that kept running for a while that's crazy what was that experience like for you because you were basically you were artist relations for apple mm -hmm. music what what was your what was the what did success look like in that role well the thing is um it was a team it wasn't just me um and the team was really good they all a lot of them were from Beats, obviously, at the same time, you know. Um, and and for me, uh, it was easy to work with the uh, any band's managers because the bands knew Gang of Four. Right. So that helped a lot. And so I could talk to them and say, look, I've got skin in the game. You know, Gang of Four Music's on Apple, Apple Music and just wanted to talk to you about getting your music onto Apple Music. Um, that was, you know, a good run for a while. Yeah. But then it started getting a bit bureaucratic, um, you know. Yeah. Well, that, that happens at big corporations. Yeah, of course. So you left there. Uh, you went to North for a bit, but you also are now this co-founder of DIN Workshop. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about, about this, because this is really cool. We were just talking about it briefly uh, before we jumped on, but... Talk a little bit about what this is and and why it's important in the ecosystem. Um, well, 
I think we've talked about this before as well in, in, in our having a pint of beer somewhere yeah. in Deschutes Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, um, yeah, so we, uh, you know, we want to work with artists who own their own copyrights. And, um, you know, a lot of them don't realize that when you sign a contract, you know, you're kind of locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the ones who are smart, they, they know what they're doing. And, and what we wanted to do, we call it DIN Workshop because, you know, it's like a production team. And it's also, um, you know, um, we can do experiential events, which we've already done one big one. I, I think I shared that with you. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, and um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we wanted to do. And that, that came out of like, when I went back to North, they wanted to do North music. Mm. And I don't know, you know, it, it, it didn't quite seem right. Yeah. Uh, so we changed the name to didn't work job. But they and, ended up uh, being your first investor of this, right? North. Yeah, North. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So I mean, when you're talking about and this kind of it really flows well into our sort of next topic, which is the fu- future of music, but for for this is this sort of like the new business model for music where you not only deal with you know, maybe you have some events-based engagements. You help them through their contract, under understanding all the nuances. I, is this the new no- normal for the music industry, where this is sort of like this broad stroke, all-encompassing, uh, you know, business for for to help musicians? Yeah, um, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you can see t- uh, to this day, uh, a lot of musicians are working it out. And doing, you know, um, online shows with no audience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's you know, what's the most? Uh, yeah. What's the most like? Uh, what's the engagement you've seen that has led to the the most? You know, uh, I'm, I'm having trouble asking this question. But what what's the one thing that you've seen so far? That has led to really good engagement that you guys have done. Oh, that we've done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so far, at the, well, at the moment, I, I think I, I've told you about Splice. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that company is is a really good company, and um, they know what they're doing, and they're very well funded. And you know, that's where anybody can um, sign up. And, and if you're a producer or a beat maker, you can put that up online yeah. on their website. And then if, you know, if Kanye West comes along and takes that, you're going to make a lot of money. Nice. Um, and so we're working with them right now. Yeah. 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 Where do you think the music industry is going to, I mean, and, and not only that, how much do you think COVID has impacted? I mean, obviously we can't go tour as music, you know, musicians can't go tour, but beyond that, what do you think is going to be the long-term effects of COVID and, and how is it going to change the trajectory of the music industry? I think it already has Yeah, changed the trajectory. Um, you know, Mark Geiger, do you know Mark Geiger? Uh, the name sounds familiar. He was at WME. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And now he's, now he's branched out. 
and he 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 writes some good uh, uh, sort of interview or does good interviews i should say mm-hmm. and and tells tells the truth it's like you know nothing's gonna uh, next year 2021 no it still can't be yeah you know you can't go touring and be in clubs um and, and we know that um there has been bands who've been like playing uh, in front of audiences who are not wearing masks and they're not you know they're not socially distanced right and then now you see the virus going crazy um and then he he's, he's not and so mark was just saying that he wasn't even thinking about 2022 either it's going to be difficult yeah but there could be a way around it um i mean like actually that and now i'm thinking about this is that this is something we could work with um artists and their managers that our company din workshop you know we could make sure that everything's like okay we're going to get one of those little guns that goes on your forehead and and make sure you don't have the virus and you have to wear a mask and you have to do social distancing etc 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 that might work and i think that that might happen um more so in Europe mm. than in the United States. Yeah. Uh, what you find in, in, in as, you know, when I look at things, I mean, I, I, I've I got tons of newsletters I've signed up for that come on in and, you know, the Europeans, uh, they understand that, that you, you know, you've got to wear a mask and you, you know, you've got to be separated from uh, everybody as best right. you can. And in the United States, it just seems everyone's like, I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> It's like, okay. Yeah, it does seem that way. I don't, I don't know where they're getting that information from. That's so bizarre that, you know, our leaders would be more forthcoming about the importance yeah. of masks, right? Yeah, that's all you need. But we yeah. know he's not, um, they're not projecting that. No. Um, yeah. I mean, like that thing in the South Dakota, you know, with the, all the motorcycle fellas and oh, yeah. refusing, refusing to wear masks. And now there's something almost, I think it, it's like, it, it's, it's over a hundred thousand people have, have now got the virus. It's that they brought home. They brought it home yeah. from them. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a difficult one. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting, you know, the, the bands that I've seen that are doing it well, they already had a pretty solid social network footprint, yeah. right? They had a really good engagement with their fans through social media, and this didn't. It, it sort of helped them, right? Because now they can do, you know, they can do virtual shows. They can add, they can release content, um, and, and it just serves them really well. How important do you think it is for bands who are, you know, either being formed now or trying to, you know, gain a foothold how important is social media for for artists these days to to Um, engage with their fans well i think that you know uh yeah i mean you know you you see things on instagram yeah uh twitter etc etc um you uh i mean you know one example is Billie eilish you know and she's done so well yeah um, um by not I mean, just really using social media as well for herself and, um, and then doing, uh, you know, shows online Yeah, with her brother who's, you know, a producer. Yeah. 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 Where, 
how well, that's just one example yeah I mean, definitely there's going to be others yeah it's it's well phoebe bridges actually phoebe bridges okay yeah yeah what She's other what other things can artists be doing today that can help them as they're trying to 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 grow their careers that's a good question um yeah i mean so for us you know we were supposed to be out touring once we yeah. signed to matador but then that got blown up of course because andrew passed away um so we didn't do that and i don't know so i i richard um richard jones our manager He's looking into the Pixies to mm. do some touring in Europe. Interesting. And, and that way we could probably just tag along with them. So you is know, the if, it, if it's a festival, for instance. Yeah. So is the plan to who who would fill in for Andy? We have to find someone. Oh wow. That, and that's very difficult. Oh, totally, yeah. Cause I yeah. mean he Because the way the way he played, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 We tried we tried out a couple of people and, and they could play the songs, but it was just like, no, you're mm. too kind of noodly, you know. Yeah. You know. That's going to be um, that's going to be so challenging because it, if the if a musician has a distinct style like Andy did, like mm -hmm. how do you replicate that? And then how do you take that out on the road? It's it's got to be supremely difficult. Well, yeah, we've we've got to find people who you know we acknowledge that. You know, maybe Tom Morello, for instance, mm. you know, he mm. could probably do it really well. Yeah. We did ask him, but he said, well, I'm, I'm actually touring myself right now. Oh, wow. Um, so we couldn't pick him up right then, but maybe next year we can. And then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've got, um, we've got something uh, up our sleeves right now to come coming out in November. Nice. Uh, so I'll let you know about that. Yeah, is that going to include, is that stuff that Andy had been involved in before his death? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. So it, It's not a new album, by the way. Oh, okay. <clears throat> what, um, with Andy, how, how has that impacted you? Because there's just been so much, he was, a, he was a great guitar player, but a really incredible producer as well. How did that influence yeah. you going forward? Because you've been, you've produced as well. Yeah. It, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we, we, we were just informed that and before he died, um, uh, we were informed by, I don't know how it got to us, but saying that Andrew's in a bad state. He's, you know, he's been taken into the ICU and we were like, oh, Okay, Interesting. and then they, the doctors thought he had pneumonia, hmm. and that's what they put, I think, on the death certificate. And then his wife said, "Well, no, I think it's the coronavirus." Oh wow! Yeah. So she was the one that thought it'd be corona. Yeah, yeah, because he'd been taking the fake Gang of Four band to China. Oh wow. And I say fake Gang of Four because, you know, he, he picked up session players. Sure. And uh, he, he was in Wuhan. Oh. And she now is looking into you know, changing that death certificate. Oh, wow. You know. That's that's insane. I know. So and, what... But we, we were, 
I, I don't want to yeah. get into too much here, but, you know, us three were kind of not happy about him, you know, using the Gang of Four name without it being Gang of Four. Sure. And I had to shut down my Facebook account because people were just kind of attacking me, you know, like, why didn't you tell us you weren't playing in the band? And <laughs> I said, that's not my, that's not my problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's, here's an email for Andrew. Go ask him, you know. It's always hard. There's been a number of bands that have done that, right? Like Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan went out with, you know, nobody that was part of Smashing yeah. Pumpkins until Jimmy jo- rejoined. And then, uh, you know, Sans Darcy, but everybody else was in there. And then, um, oh, who was Guns N' Roses went out with, you know, nobody that was from the band. So, like, there's been a number of bands, too. And I think the fans um, see through that for mm-hmm. the most part, um, especially the loyal bands, right? The loyal fans, I, I think, see through that. Um, so I don't think it, it would have any long-term effects. But, I mean, it's incredible to me that they reached out and were like, I thought you'd be at this show and you're not. That's it's. That's yeah, then, then there was like um, Andrew was doing sort of rehearsal videos and putting them up on YouTube. And the problem was it was like, oh, my God, this doesn't sound like Gang 4 at mm. all. And yeah. then you could see the comments on there. Like, <laughs> and everyone was pissed off. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. So what's next for you? Where, where are you? You got Din. You've got... Uh, you know, gang of four. What yeah. what's uh what's on what's on the horizon for you? Well, um, like I say, I, I don't want to open uh, the parcel yet. But um, you know, in November we're going to be releasing something. Yeah, like more of a legacy thing. Yeah, uh, you know, because like, yeah, uh, everybody's going to want to want to want to have it. That's I, awesome. I swear on that, and Matador's very happy about it. That's great. And um, yeah, so there's that. And then we have to wait and see if we can get any touring in next year. Sure. But then we have to find a guitar player. And it's really difficult because I'm in Portland. Hugo is the drummer in um, Massachusetts and John R. Singer is in London. (laughs) Oh, wow. He's the only one left. We have to find a way of getting everyone. I, I hope that I can, I mean, I've got, plenty of room in my house it's quite a big house and the spare rooms you know so if i can get them here yeah and there's there's plenty of studios in in portland where we could go rehearse there yeah there's no shortage it's amazing to me uh you know how robust the music industry scene the music uh, scene here is is in portland it's it's uh yeah that's great yeah where- so yeah i mean it, it's actually been uh, a little stressful. Like, I'm sure. I mean, just dealing with the DIN workshop thing, uh, getting it going, and you know, uh, we're really, really pleased that uh, we're now in, in contact with Splice, you know, and they want to stick with it. It's not just a one-off, you know. It's awesome. Um, it, it, which is great, and um, and then that would be great to throw up on LinkedIn, like, hey, you know, we're really proud to say that we're working with splice and and most managers i would imagine and, and um, anyone in the music industry will know what splice is by now yeah it's been around a long time definitely and they're really good people yeah where uh if people want to find you where, where can they find you 
online? In my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's oh, locked man. down, dude. Oh, it's it's <laughs> been, uh, I don't know if you what were you getting mean? it. Wait, wait, what? I you mean DIN? Yeah, yeah. Like, where, where can people find you on? Where's the DIN? What, what's the DIN Workshop website? It, it's dinwork.shop. Dinwork.shop. Got it. And yeah. then uh, Gang of Four is just gangofour.com. Did you guys get that domain? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, man. Um, no, 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 no. Um, we're, I don't know. I mean, this has been where we were in a tangle with Andrew uh, before he passed away. It was like, you know, he he started, you know, putting up Instagram accounts that was Gang of Four official. Oh, interesting. It was not. So we, uh, I mean, I, I won't go into this because he's passed away, and, sure. and and we want to take the high road. Sure. And um, we um, we were just a bit angry that he was doing that. Yeah. And then there is a website, I think, but um, it's Gang of Four dot UK. That's right. Yeah. 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 And that's that's not the real band. So. Oh, interesting. What's interesting is, um, you know, I'm a big Shepard Fairey fan. I think uh, his artwork is yeah. amazing. I got a number of his prints in my home, and yeah, he just—he's got uh, now he did an Andy Gill Shepard Fairey poster. It's, um, yeah. it's yeah. yeah, it's really cool. I really like the the art, and yeah. um, I think it's a really good um, tribute to Andy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a great, uh, great, and I I think uh, they've got it up on their website as well. So if you wanted mm-hmm. to go find the print, it's up on Gang of Four UK. But yeah. uh, but no, Dave, no, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, his, his wife sells it. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a beautiful uh, it, it's a beautiful print. Um, Dave, this has been great, man. I, I've always wanted to get you on the show. I was sad when we stopped doing the five ten because, yeah, we just didn't. Uh, I was I just got way too busy to do the show, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you coming on and and just sort of going through you know, your journey and, and where you're headed. So, so thank you, man. I really appreciate this. Yeah. Cool. Hey guys. Uh, thanks for listening to the five ten podcast. Tune in every week. We'll upload new episodes on anchor.fm, Spotify, and of course, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us at the five com. and I am the five ten host on Twitter. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the 510 Radio on the 510.com. Any rebroadcast, transcription, or dissemination in whole or in part is strictly prohibited unless given express written consent by the 510.com or its officers. All music played on the 510 Radio and the 510.com is copyright of the respective owners. This has been a production of the 510.com.